0: hi everybody this is jamie grogan with solutions for solopreneurs we are continuing our series on journey to entrepreneurship and today we are talking talking to dr jen edwards um everybody that listens and follows this show knows that my goal is to have everybody see themselves with the ability to start a business no matter How old you are, no matter um, what your racial background is, no matter your socioeconomic status, you have, in this day and age, the power to start and launch a profitable business. So, Dr. Jen, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you?
1: Sure. Thank you so much for having me on here. And I consider it a privilege, really, to connect with your community. I know they value Uh, what you have to share, and I hope I can inspire some ladies today regarding their own businesses. Um, I have had my business now in wellness for about 10 years, and so I help ladies uh, restore balance and reverse burnout, which is really critical right now. And um, I'm actually a fourth-generation business owner, so I, I love talking about business and uh, mission-centered work that also helps you support your family and encourage others. So I'd love to continue this conversation on social. I met Dr. Jen Edwards, and I look forward to just having a conversation today and uh, seeing what, what we can do together.
0: Awesome. Fourth generation?
1: Yeah. That's amazing. So tell
0: me about that. I would love to hear that.
1: Sure. So um, I have had my own business for 10 years as I just mentioned and then my mom was uh, a consultant she doesn't do her business now but she was a consultant in accounting and so uh, she had her own business for quite some time with uh, large university contracts and then my grandmother uh, had a bookkeeping business so still still with the numbers Uh, she did that and one of her i'm originally from cleveland ohio and so one of her clients was lebron james's pr agent so that's kind of a big deal um and then so that's three generations right there and then a fourth generation and i'll even go five for you so fourth generation is my great-grandmother's sister who had her own flower and gift shop uh in cleveland and um and I'll add that my grandmother had her own walk-in store in Cleveland for clothing called The Dress Well. And so if you all plug into to um, my blog on my website, I often talk about Live Well, and that's where it comes from, it's her clothing store title. Uh, and then fifth generation, so um, really where it all started to our knowledge was my great-great-grandfather. And he owned land that now I-75 goes through in Atlanta. Uh, and he owned a gas station. So that's amazing. That's, really, that's five generations for you. And it's, it's so inspiring because we don't do this by ourselves as business owners. We really need community. We need support. Uh, and we need examples that we're following.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I love that because what that, I'm assuming, and I'm going to let you answer this, but what that taught you was the importance of generational wealth.
1: Yeah, generational wealth, which you know, I don't think our family is exempt from some of the challenges that did come from uh, the various historical uh, conflicts right. that we had. Uh, yeah. But it did teach the lesson of wealth and of being smart with finances, and uh, also specifically relating to understanding your own strength and capabilities, and just having an abundant mindset, which can sometimes be a buzzword but um just truly meaning that you can at least test and try whatever you like and see what possibilities there are for you so i think a lot of it for me has to do with having a mentality of a business owner of an entrepreneur and knowing uh, that i can support ladies with their wellness and that it's coming from a genuine place and i have the business aspect behind it too Right. That's awesome. So what kind of doctor are
0: you? I know you probably get that a lot, um, but but tell us what kind of doctor you
1: are. Yeah, thanks for the question. So I'm a, I'm a good old fashioned PhD, um, doctor of philosophy, and my research specialized in women's wellness. And um, I took some time to live in South Africa and connect with women in the rural communities there specifically about breast cancer screening. And uh, what was uh, encouraging them to get screened. What barriers did they have to getting screened? Um, and so, I mean, just as researchers, we of course have to very narrowly specialize. Right. But in the big picture, uh, my research was on women's wellness and what will help us to do the right things and what keeps us from doing the right. Thing. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's I, I. My head is
0: like exploding with questions. That you have such a. Um, diverse background and just such a a wealth of knowledge. Um, (laughs) Wow. I like, I don't even know where to go
1: (laughs) 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 because there's so
0: much I want to ask you right now. So as far as the wellness business, what's your concentration?
1: Right. So my concentration is specifically on helping ladies reverse burnout as you know, a woman, we have so many competing responsibilities and commitments. And then as a wife, I'm also a mom, and I just understand those challenges firsthand. And so I wanted to align my research experience and expertise in wellness with real life. What does this look like for women every single day? And how can I help them overcome it? So uh, I created the Wealthy Academy, which is an online course, and I support ladies with coaching to really walk through how can you be successful uh, at work socially uh, because community involvement is important for a lot of us uh, and then also at home and how do we integrate those things and balance those things um, and keep it attainable you know I'm not asking you to do you know a 50 million pound challenge or get up at 5:30 a.m and do circuits right, right. Uh, the little the little hacks in your life can truly make a big difference and so I, I walk with women to go through that journey and uh, learn about themselves and live a life of wellness. yeah that's awesome
0: so in your wellness do you talk a lot about um, diet and um, daily uh, wellness routine
1: yes so that's a really good question I focus on a lot on the routine and not even the wellness aspect of it first because first we have to think about what is it that we're doing right now because what we're doing right now most likely does not reflect wellness because that's why women come to me they feel out of balance they feel stressed and so I just start with where are you now and where do you want to be and then in having those conversations and strategically moving through that We get down to the wellness part of life, where your priorities can be. How can you live each day not feeling stressed out? Because stress is the root of so many chronic illnesses that uh, we often don't hear about. By the time we get to the doctor, we're getting treated for our condition.
0: Right. Diabetes, Um, high blood pressure, obesity.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so who's having that conversation with women about why are you eating the whole pack of cookies? You know, that's me. That's what we talk about. Um, that will eventually get you to diabetes. Why are you emotionally eating? Are you working 60 hour weeks because you have to support your family as a single mom? And so we get down to the core, what they're called health behaviors. And then we try to figure out a way to do life differently
0: amazing. So somebody that I'm slightly obsessed with is Dr. Nadine Burke Harris. Um, and she is a, a researcher out of San Francisco. Have you ever heard of her?
1: So I'm going to have to revisit her research. Her name does sound familiar. The Can Aces. you share a little bit more about what she does? Yeah, she, um, she helps...
0: Inner City Children, um, that ACEs score, I'm trying to think of what ACEs stands for. I can't remember right now. Um, But it's basically about the cortisol levels being heightened, always heightened in children and that correlating to later on the, you know, diabetes and high blood pressure and everything. Um, Her research shows that as children, when, you know, they're in a high tension environment, you know, if they're um, alcoholism or domestic violence or, you know, even if it's something as um, benign as divorced parents, um, that their ACEs score can give them, you know, an unfair, like saying that they're going to have issues later on Um, and how her research helps those the children where they are to not you know have those um, issues later on Um, and I'm butchering her her research but when I first came across her TED talk um, it was probably six or seven years ago that actually eight years ago that's when my personal development journey began because I thinking to myself, okay, so, you know, alcoholic mother, um, divorced parents, um, a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Um, Why do I always feel like I'm ready to fight? That I'm at this, you know, heightened um, defense mode all the time. And so when I stumbled upon her, her research, um, it really kind of fell into place. And so then I was like, okay, so how do I redirect my path to something healthier. Um, and I feel like your what you do is exactly that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Any habit that we have that is not serving us should absolutely be changed. And so it's different for each woman that I might work with. And we talk through the root of that. And as a coach and a researcher, I'm of course, very skilled and adept at identifying when there's something deeper where maybe counseling is necessary. So, you know, I, I, make very clear the difference between coaching and counseling and, um, you know, being aware of the effects of stress. And like you're mentioning, cortisol levels. It's, it's a very real concern and chronic, uh, high cortisol levels do absolutely damage our bodies. And, um, You know, particularly among African-American women, for example, we struggle with fibroids. And a lot of that has to do with stress and diet. Um, And so the more you're able to manage your reactions and your responses and come from a peaceful place, the better. And uh, for me, you know, we all all struggle with something, right? And so for me, I, I personally had to learn that whatever someone was saying to me did not have to be my truth. And so um, that allowed me to be a little more peaceful in responding. I had to personally assess, is what they are saying true? Does it have merit? Can I do something differently? Or is this person really taking out their own pain and their own anger on me? And once I was able to talk myself through that anytime something would happen, uh, it allowed me to have better responses. And over time, things like stress do decrease. And uh, we also have to protect ourselves. If we find that we're in an environment where we feel like we're in fight or flight all the time, change the environment. You know, I mean, uh, it's challenging to be perfect all the time. And if something or someone is consistently pushing your buttons, maybe just move on, you know, and do what's best for yourself. Because if you're not doing what's best for yourself, you certainly can't serve anyone else. Right,
0: right Yeah, I I left my um, job in June of last year Specifically for that reason Because there were two bullies Two women bullies in my office That were determined to make my life hell And no matter what I did um, To make the situation better It was never enough Um, And there was a lot of disrespect And um, backstabbing And, you know, and it was just And the sad part was that I had created that position that I was in. Mm. I had lobbied for it. I had um, worked extensive hours to achieve and and then to have that environment where I was crying in my car before going into work, you know. Um, And I actually had a hysterectomy in March of last year. And had so many fibroids that the surgery was almost three times longer than it should have been Um, and so for you to hear you say that I want women to hear what you're saying about fibroids Um, because I'm living proof that that is 100% accurate yes absolutely absolutely
1: I'm sorry you went through that That's that's hard and A lot of us go through it and either don't talk about it or we try to weather the storm and you know at some point it's wise to first find another position of course and then leave right you have to go right
0: yeah and i just jumped because i i was literally sitting in my car one day and i thought okay i'm either going to need bail money or i'm going to quit today (laughs) that really set me off before I was even in the office and I was like you know what if I dropped dead of a heart attack I'm the one that's dead nobody else I'm the one that has lost my life because I've allowed this stress to build up you know and I, I don't know about you but my mother comes from a generation of just get through it you know that's a government job you got good benefits you, you know you 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 making good money You know, just ignore them. They you know, they don't pay your bills and there's only so much of that you can do.
1: Yeah, that's that's very true. And that's part of what personally inspires me to continue this work because I have seen what it looks like at the end of the career where, you know, my my relatives have worked so hard for advancement and promotion and at the end of the day the company wants to let them go because they're expensive or they're of a certain age, which is not legal or right. Um they, they treat them as if they are disposable after all the challenging and hard work. And so the more we can stay grounded in our own mission and purpose, do what's best for us from that place uh, is really where wellness comes in. And then we're also not stuck in toxic environments. I've I've seen someone had unrightfully let go on a Friday and have a stroke on Sunday yeah and that's that's not right so I want to do what I can to, to make a difference with everyone I speak with yeah that's
0: and it's so needed you are one of those people who when I started doing this journey to entrepreneurship I really wanted to try and bring a light to to the power that we do have Um, I I don't know that there has there is a lot of um, emphasis on self-directed healthcare because we have the power to to I don't want to say like you know you can't you know put some oil on a broken bone and and that's not what I'm saying Um, but I feel like there is, there needs to be more emphasis on the power that we have to heal ourselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There, of course, like you're saying, has to be a balance between needing medical treatment and being wise about that and empowering ourselves to do what would be helpful. Even if it's one thing, maybe you drink one less glass of alcohol a week, maybe you cut sugar for a few days and see how you feel. And the cool thing about that is once you do it, you notice the difference and then you have your own motivation to keep going. And so the more we can reduce our risk for illness, the better, keeping in mind, of course, I mean, I don't believe we run things, You know, we can't control whether or not we uh, develop an illness, but we can at least be good stewards of our bodies and of our, our minds. And, and treat ourselves the way that we probably treat our children you know? right um, make sure we're taking care of ourselves
0: right right
1: so what
0: what brought you i know you talked a little bit about um south africa but you know go back to when you were you know sophomores junior in high school um what did your life look like then and how did that lead to you to where you are now
1: Oh, that's such a good question. And that was really a fun time. And I feel like I was, I was one of the smart, maybe cool kids back then, you know, I was cool enough to make the cheerleading squad, but I had to go to my advanced physics class, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, But I, I was, even back then, I was in Health Occupations Students of America. So, you know, wellness for me has really been a long-term commitment. Uh, And I have the privilege of serving as a judge for their competition last year for all the high schools, which was uh, really fun. Yeah. And so back then, I think I was just working hard. Uh, Academic performance was valued in my household. Um, I come from, you know, my mom is a very high performance individual. Uh, She went to the Olympic trials for track so she's yeah. a competitor she did, yeah I, which, I think that's so awesome, I love to brag about her which event? which, what? she went for the 100 at that time it was 100 yard dash. right, right, not the 100 um, meter <laughs> right, right and then um, I want to say long jump was the other, she went for two things
0: so awesome
1: thank you, and so that played out in terms of me being expected to perform well, particularly uh, in high school during those times. But that's really when you're figuring out what is it you love to do um, and staying out of trouble. You know, thankfully, what I hear now and what I understand now is that uh, being a child in a single parent household could have turned out really differently. Uh, but uh, my mom did a great job of keeping me busy. I didn't know that's what she was doing, uh, but keeping me busy and Uh, academics came first. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So what do you think, um, you know, after, because where did you go to college? You know, what, what was, what was important and what was your life like then?
1: Yeah, I went to Florida A&M University for undergrad. And then uh, for a very, I mean, a different experience. And it was, of course, a different phase of life for my doctoral degree I attended. Howard University in Washington, DC. And uh, a lot of people sometimes kind of push back on a double HBCU experience. Uh, For me, particularly being in the sciences, my undergraduate degree is in chemistry. Uh, Out of school, I worked at a scientific agency. And so these were very heavily male dominated fields. Yes. uh, And they were not diverse fields. Right. And so uh, my experience at Howard was that I intentionally chose that school for the sense of community that I felt I needed at that time. Right. Uh, and then Florida A&M, similar thing, I, I grew up in in the suburbs and needed needed the culture, wanted to learn more about it. I went from being the only um, you know Black student in the classroom to being at an HBCU, and I needed that for confidence, right. for history. Um, so they've both served their purposes really well. And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, for undergrad in the sciences i was really exploring uh, do i want to go to medical school or not um and just learning about all the options there are to explore relating to medicine and so that's how i found my niche more in um, the medical sociology world of you know women and health and how does our living circumstances affect our health and all of that Uh, it's been it's been a journey and a learning experience that's i I
0: love that because um, I went to high school in a predominantly white um, school, and um, I don't know why this figure always, it just stuck stuck in my head, but there were 794 graduating students, and there were 17 black children in that graduating class. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. so as an African-American woman, In STEM, you must have a bazillion stories where you had to, um, play small.
1: Mm, Yeah, it's, so I, I don't believe in shrinking to make others feel comfortable. Good. I, I will say it took me time and I still work on this to be, gracious in not shrinking. So when people are being aggressors, they're, I mean, they're being aggressors. Um, and then on the other hand, the microaggressions when faced with those, uh, how do you stand tall and who you know that you are? Right. And for me, that just came with having to be clear about it and knowing that I'm doing my best every day. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Uh, I know what I'm talking about and, you know, just start citing facts start citing references Uh, people can't argue when you know your stuff and can be gracious about it it doesn't take and for me this is hard you know my face can tell the whole story without me opening my mouth Uh, but (laughs) yeah you know and that makes really it makes unconfident people uncomfortable yes because they feel like you're seeing right through them, which you probably are, right? Right, right. Um, and so just having to be comfortable with myself and be willing to ask for what I believe I deserve, which I've had to do on multiple occasions, and stand firm in it. I've I've worked from home now for quite some time and uh, had a job that I was employed full-time from home, and they, I disclosed in my cover letter that I wanted to work remotely and they kept asking me in the interviews, will I move, will I move? Right. And I said, you know, in full transparency, I, I mentioned that I wanted to work remotely and I would like to be considered in that capacity. And then I just sat there and was completely okay with the silence. We get uncomfortable with the silence too. Yes. Um, and so just be firm and gracious and then get quiet and see what people do. Yeah. So it can be surprising if you just take a break from the fighting Um, you will see that um, people will respond differently and then you're also not no matter how wrong they are you're not compromising your own emotional intelligence reputation so
0: right because the more you talk the more power you're giving away yeah my mother because I am a talker and my mother is the opposite she's very reserved and she literally she would say, okay, Jamie, I'm going to make you hold your lips. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because she would be like, you're talking too much. You don't need to talk. You don't need to say something. And then when it was that, you know, last time, and I literally held <laughs> my lips. And that taught me, though, that really taught me to listen more than I talk. Right,
1: right. You know, I that. Dang, I'm going to have to remember that.
0: <laughs> as embarrassing as it was, sometimes I'll be walking around in the grocery store holding my lips and, you know, people looking at you like, what, what is wrong with you? You're a strange little kid. <laughs> but it, it was a valuable lesson for me because, and, and, and then when I went into sales, it was just, it, it was amazing, you know, because salespeople tend to talk and talk and talk and talk. You know Mm -hmm. to try and convince you know and then they're validating and they're you know they're but they're you're giving away all your power when you continue to talk
1: right
0: Right. i love it i love it so as far as um your clients who you know who who who's your um and i hate to say ideal client because then you're like you know putting someone in a box um but who is it that you like to
1: serve? Thanks for asking that. Any woman who feels like she's about to break Mm -hmm. um, is who I like to serve. And the opportunity to engage first through the Wealthy Academy and just sort through what you feel overwhelmed about is helpful. And then I get to speak uh, with them one-on-one to talk more. figure out okay how can we do something about this so uh, if a woman feels stressed um, overextended almost at the end of her rope that's who i want to connect with Um, you know regardless of age or the kind of job she has um, if a woman feels like she has too many competing responsibilities and it's compromising her wellness then that's who, who i love to help that's amazing It it really is um, needed
0: and that's why I feel like um, sharing stories about who we are as coaches, as consultants, um, is so important because people don't, in my opinion, people don't necessarily care until they know you care. Right. And, And you can only care through empathy so you've been through it you've you know learned you've um, you know one of my favorite people says the trip and fall method Um, so you want to help people through those things that you struggled with and I love what you said earlier about knowing your stuff Um, when people see that and they see you know that they resonate with you you know being the only black person in in so many environments, the only female (laughs) black person in so many environments. Um, I know that there's a lot of women that will um, relate to that. And maybe they haven't gotten there yet. um, And that's part of their goal, their path. Um, But knowing these skills now you know and being able to work on that and hone that skill now prepares them even more for where they're going
1: absolutely
0: absolutely it's beautiful that's really beautiful so tell us about your your um your life how many kids do you have where do you live
1: sure so i live in the northern part of dallas texas and i I married and have two kids. so I'm constantly on the move, and I think that's why I'm able to to help the ladies that I do because I've been there. I am there. Um, you know i I work my business and I have my children. My son is five and then my daughter is eleven months. so
0: oh my goodness, you got babies.
1: Oh yes, oh yes, so there's no. Downtime. I had one sweet spot where they were napping at the same time and that might have lasted a month. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's how I spend my time. And then I, I get out, especially right now during social distancing. I, I take more walks outside. Um, and then I love to do yoga. And I'm a fan of hiking. I'm trying to take my hiking to the next level. I saw a coyote yesterday, though, so I don't know if if that's going to really happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it sounds good in theory, so. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah,
0: I hike around my neighborhood. (laughs) Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not that outdoorsy person. Um, I love nature. um, But the whole camping and hiking thing, um, eh, you know, especially (laughs) when I... Especially when I think, you know, if you have a mortgage or you pay rent, why are you going to pay to sleep on the ground? That just (laughs) makes any sense to me whatsoever. We can do day trips all day long, you know, we can do those, go somewhere, but I want to come back to electricity and my bed. I just don't, I don't get the camping thing. I don't think I ever will. Um, But yeah, you know, to each his own, you know, wherever you find inspiration and, you know, y- you, you do you. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, um, what does your husband do? What, what, what kind of work is he in? Uh, he's an engineer, so we're wow. an interesting household when you have, you know, a scientist type and an engineer type together our conversations can be really, uh, interesting.
0: Oh, so. <laughs> well, I can, I can definitely see Thanksgiving dinner being very interesting at your house.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, in general, when you talk to your clients and well, actually your potential clients, um, do you have, do you kind of go with your gut as far as whether or not you can work with them and help them? Or is it more of um, let's just jump in and I can figure
1: out how to help you? Right. So I, I don't claim to be able to help everyone. And so that's the exact reason why I offer an initial complimentary coaching session for those that uh, have engaged in the wealthy Academy so that I can hear more about, their specific needs and that's typically the stage at which i would also identify um if coaching is is right for you or not and then also do i think that this needs a more counseling type of diagnosis and do i need to refer this person um i take time to assess all of that so i i don't work with everyone and i think that's part of you know when you're clear on your your mission and what it is you're working for that you're able to find it
0: Right. And, and that's exactly the reason I asked because a lot of times, especially when um, we're just getting started, we just take whoever, you know, decides to click on our link. Right. We are, I don't want to say desperate, but in a position where we feel like we don't have that choice. And it's important to know that you do you do have the choice of who you work with, especially in a coaching or consulting um, type environment. Um, It's important, you know, to, to embrace that power and not feel like there is a, um, you know, necessity that you work with every person.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's part of, of knowing your worth and also honoring your time. Um, If you work with everyone and aren't discerning about it, uh, there's going to be someone who becomes a headache. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so especially if it's your own business, you want it to be as enjoyable as possible. So uh, just be be willing to be selective in who you work with. Yes. And then those clients will do you justice in giving referrals. If you take on everyone and have half of them be bad experiences, they'll give you bad press. Right. And so you don't want that either.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I did. I've had a, a horrible experience um, from a referral, um, and you know that changed how I screen my clients. One hundred percent. And it's important, like you said, to know your worth and know that you have choices. You know. So, um, so Dr. Jen, um, what kind of advice would you give? you know, people who are still thinking about it and not sure if launching a business is right for them.
1: My first bit of advice would be to do it. Um, you can think about it all day. And by the time you think about it, and plan it, you could have just done it already. (laughs) And so, you know, of course, make sure that you have the resources that you will need. Um, and be smart about it, you know, don't quit your job and then say, oh, I'll start a business. I'm not advocating for unwise decision. But if you have a pretty solid idea of what you'd like to do, it literally takes maybe 15 minutes to get established with your state as an LLC, um, and get started. It's, It's not expensive to set up an LLC. And then from there, try things and test them, fail at them and try again. I don't think we give ourselves enough grace in terms of trying things and them not working. Um, but try to figure out what will work for you and what won't. And a lot of that comes through trial and error. And uh, the more we think about it, sometimes we can get paralyzed and not move forward. Yes. So uh, I found for me that at least developing something and getting it out there to see is a healthier place for me than deliberating and wondering about all the <laughs> So. Right. go ahead and do it and at least make a good use of that
0: time, you know? Right. right. Yeah. And I say this too, and that's why the, the name of my business is solutions for solopreneurs because it's all about doing things on a budget so that you can reduce the stress. You know, if you have business expenses of, you know, a hundred dollars a month, then there's really no reason for you to not try. And I love that trial and error because Clarity comes from action. It doesn't. It, it doesn't come from you know you going into a Facebook group and saying, "Hey, if I had a business that did this, would you buy it?" <laughs> right, right. You know, there's no action there. You know, you can talk about it, you can plan it, like you said, um, but if you don't actually take action and put yourself out there and be visible, um, then You'll never know. That's it.
1: That's
0: yeah. It. Awesome. All right. Well, Dr. Jen, this has been really amazing. And um, I feel like there are so many women that need to see you doing what you do. And finding and really kind of building your own niche in what you do. Um, because we all have that that. You know, uniqueness, that spark of greatness in us. I don't believe that there is anyone on the face of the earth that doesn't have that. So I just want to say thank you for being um, an anomaly that we can look up to.
1: <laughs> I appreciate the kind words and I just encourage everyone to get started. Um, I appreciate you saying that that this is a helpful message. Uh, I had a TEDx talk that was canceled the day before rehearsal (gasps) due to coronavirus. Oh
0: no. Yeah. That's on my bucket list. I would have been crushed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was, you know, and there was a lot of disappointment there. And so I just encourage your community to press forward. Even if you have setbacks and stay true to, your mission, and the opportunities will still come your way. You're not the opportunity. You are you and your mission. That's your job.
0: Wow. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing time and space with me and my listeners and my viewers. And um, I I will have you on again if you have the time. Um, TED Talks are, they're my jam. I'm obsessed with them. I watch them all the time. So if you get on I know you'll get on not if I know you'll have another opportunity to do the TED talk um I'll be watching
1: oh thank you thank you it's been a (laughs) pleasure and the work you're doing is is so important so thanks for the platform to talk to everybody
0: you're very welcome you have a wonderful day
1: you too bye-bye Thank you.